live again. Second time today. Good morning, Vietnam! To all of our listeners around the world, I, we have no idea. Great, around the world. Around the world. If you're in the United States, you are part of the world. So, that's yes. clearly but you know we've looked up some of our statistics and our international audience is is stunning how really. are we trending in new zealand right now <laughs> we were running like number nine in philosophy <laughs> whatever and how we even found that out i well you found it out so we are looks like we're in a different location here but we're not where are we bruce we are in bruce's office slash second bedroom of the tiny house. So if we get tired, we can just take a nap. I hadn't thought of that, <laughs> but yes, I suppose technically we could do that. Uh, it's a nice little nine by 10 room, which in 1954 was apparently huge. So we're thrilled to be Our here. Our definitions of things. <laughs> oh, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, uh, and growing up, like, like the three boys, we always shared a bedroom. Not even a bedroom. We shared a screen room. <laughs> That one, yeah, at, at Greenwood, Greenwood Avenue, <laughs> we were in the little screen room. It had the it had the window slats, so those glass slats that you could roll open and roll closed. Right. When you roll them closed in the winter, it's still cold. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, and the coal heater we had couldn't keep up. <laughs> well, I'm not sure the coal heater was even sending heat to the <laughs> the, the coal fire. Yeah, to the screen. Go room. shovel some coal into that furnace. We never showered coal. Shepherd. We never shepherd coal. Shepherd coal. <laughs> but it's because no one, no one has ever shepherd no coal. coal. But I know for sure that we didn't. So. Uh, All right. I, uh, what, do you, what do you think of the snazzy new jacket, Raj? Well, it's so you, Mister Catalina. That's uh, Catalina we, Island. We've got a promo coming, don't we? No, I, I just wanted to tell our listeners about this really fun thing that I. The last two weekends have been really fun. <laughs> Super fun. So, two weekends ago, I hiked the 38.5 mile Trans Catalina Trail, which is just off the coast of California, part of the Channel Islands. And you can go with me May 21st through 27th of this year. Go to borntobewild.net. All right, there's my promo. But it was just, I mean, beautiful. I mean, beautiful. You're hiking on the spine of this island, and, and you see the Pacific Ocean on both sides, and it's just cool. Hopefully, I'm not hurting the promotion, but you need to be in fairly good shape for this one. <laughs> no, that's not true. You need to be in good shape for this one. Fairly good will get you killed, okay? Fairly fairly good is going to get you about 100 yards up the first hill, okay? Good condition will get you to the top of uh, mountains like you wouldn't believe. So when you look at the elevation profile, it's just it goes like this up and then da, 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 then down and then up and, da, 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 and then down and when and we then, say up oh I mean think up. escalator yeah <laughs> think it's st stairway straight over and over except again there's not an escalator there's not you gotta climb it <laughs> going up the mountain these are called switchbacks in the hiking world <laughs> they haven't picked up on that little engineering concept Kathleen Ina wants to keep it traditional with the old way the old way we used to just climb straight up the mountain. Yeah, well, the, the, the tradition continues, and it's straight up, and what, believe it or not, the downhills become harder, because there's not stair steps. Right. It's it's literally just a grade. You're going down like, so you're sliding and slipping, and... And like, if you, if you 
if you fall, you're going to roll a long way, right? Right. You're going to continue falling. It's not like a fall and uh, stop. You're going to fall and roll and go. And uh, literally, Roger, they had like, you know, are you familiar with the runaway truck ramps on those long downgrades on the highway? You'll every now and then see over to the right a runaway truck ramp that kind of goes yep. up with yep. sandy little humps all in it to slow the truck down. They actually have some things that grades off like that level. And I'm like, that's got to be. So when you pick up too much <laughs> speed... That's you can it. just like whoa settle in over there that's, catch yourself that's awesome. before you start again so but it was beautiful fun uh gorgeous I camped on the beach two nights never camped on a beach before you know no, most, that sounds awesome most places frown on beach camping right. but they actually have giant concrete fire pits they're concrete because in case the water does come in too far <laughs> you don't want said fire pit to get carried away so i'm talking about a fire pit that is literally five feet wide and two feet tall, made out of concrete. Concrete. That sucker's not going anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was cool. Um, and then last weekend, this <laughs> last weekend, Zach and I went to Windrock Park, which sounds like an amusement park. It's not. 73,000 acre four-wheel drive paradise. So ATVs and four-wheelers and side-by-sides and razors and Jeeps and trucks and motorcycles uh, even mountain bikes have, are just going over 300 miles of trails. On what do you say, 57? 73,000 acres. 73,000 acres. It's hard to even wrap your head around. It. So <sighs> we've been there twice now, and we haven't even come close to exploring all of the property. So we did three new trails to us this time, the 22, which is a big deal because they actually have a sign that you can buy and put on your car that says, I survived the 22 which has this rock wall that you go up just straight. And these like, I'm talking like two and two and a half foot boulders you're climbing. So we're on side by side, just climbing this thing, boom, 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 crash, bang. And I realized the importance of picking a line. Because you pick the wrong line, you're gonna get stuck. Okay. And you get wedged somewhere. And then, now the great news is the side by sides have these 3,500 pound winches on the front. So Zach twice had to winch me out of said uh, impossible predicament. Did you pick the wrong line? Pick the wrong line. But what was most scary is if you picked the wrong line going downhill. Because now gravity is pulling you down the hill. You pick the wrong line. You're trying to turn off. It doesn't matter. You just go crashing into the boulder. And then you're trying to reverse and get out of it. And, and by the way, seat belts are really important. And we learned... That so my side by side has these little like mesh heavy duty mesh nets on both sides. Mm -hmm. I thought the whole time that was to keep brush out, <laughs> to keep you know brush from hitting you and all, and it does to a certain degree. It's actually there to, to keep, keep your body you in. in when you either tip it over or almost tip it over because on day oh no at the very end of day one, Zach flipped his. And he's running right in front of me, and we're just flying around these curves and all these things, and we're going all, all down this real slick hill, and all of a sudden, his fishtail, just for a minute, boom, catches an edge, and all of a sudden, I just see his thing sideways go rolling over. So all I can see is the underside of the vehicle, boom, and I'm like, that cannot be good. <laughs> I mean, and there's steam coming out of the engine. It's just like... Yeah, sure. So I just sit there for a minute, and I'm thinking, all right, I could, I could take a picture. <laughs> Or, at any minute, Zach's going to come jumping out and say, 
Hey, it's all good. I'm good. I'm good. But then after about a minute, I'm like, all right. So I'm undoing my seat. I'm like, this is this is gonna be a problem. I'm thinking, oh no, he's wedged underneath it because Zach does not have the side curtains that keep you in. Thankfully, within about a minute and a half, he jumped up and said, "Hep, I'm good. I think I broke my leg, but I'm fine. <laughs> my foot." Because when it rolled over, the, the temptation is immediately to stick your foot out to stabilize. Not a good idea, in case you're wondering. So it rolled over on said foot. Fortunately, it was mud, so it wasn't, like, brutal. It was just a little sore. But had so much fun. I mean, some people, like, are it's a brother-in-law, Dan Lyons, because I sent him a picture of it. He mm-hmm. said, yeah, that's, that's deranged fun. Okay, I don't know if that's... <laughs> You can call that fun. So we just had a blast for two days just running all over this four-wheel drive paradise. Super awesome. fun. Good weekend. What did you do this weekend, Rod? <laughs> I bought you a birthday present. Again? <laughs> yes. So Bruce's birthday was <laughs> Sunday. This is we were, yep. we were doing this on Wednesday. Yep. So three days ago was... His birthday and forty nine. Ha- <laughs> man, it, man, it happens fast, doesn't it? You know, all of a sudden, boom, you're fifty. <laughs> I think that number is a little off, Mister Banks. It might be. It, it's possible that it could be a little off. It might be closer. He to is 59. approaching a big number, but he hasn't hit the big marker number, but. In light of your birthday, I got you a gift. The jacket's got to go. It's a little warm in here. I bought you a gift. Look at what the... Okay. Yep. How fun is this? Happy birthday. Okay, Rod, I don't know if you... (laughs) I don't know if you picked up... That's a Christmas bag. It's what I had, buddy. For our viewers. You know, isn't that a shame? You get someone a gift and... It's the belt buckle of Santa. They start complaining about what it's wrapped in. Did Joy Joy do this? Joy did this, didn't she? You did this? Really? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. There you have it. Look at this. (laughs) Grape juice. I'm taking care of you. (laughs) From, From 2000... 19. Come on, it's four years old. That's, That's going to have some. Show. Yeah, we'll have to open this up like on a special occasion, like my birthday. <laughs> Next year. Next year. Yes, we did open up a Cabernet Sauvignon 2018, Joel Gott, for my birthday dinner at Roger's house, which was super yummy. Roger is such a good cook. I mean, it's like an, he invites us over to eat all the time. Which we like because then Marlene and I, A, don't have to cook, and B, don't have to clean up. In fact, as soon as Roger starts cleaning up, we're like, yep, gotta go, gotta run, look at the time. Doug's really sad. Oh, we have fun. We do I do like fun. to cook. That is... Hey, thank you for my birthday present. You're welcome. That's I great. Just... You probably should have taken the price tag off. What did you get that for, a buck? <laughs> well, I did get it on clearance. <laughs> it's good. Clearance is good. So I... that's... We know half of what Roger buys, at least... Is not the regular price. Yeah, no, for nothing, better for better or worse. Nothing Marlena likes more than a clearance grape juice. Okay, <laughs> I'm saying that for all of our listeners that might be teetotalers. I used that term with a client last week, and they're like, "What? What's a teetotaler?" <laughs> I said, "Oh, it's like that. They only have tea and stuff like that. They don't have fermented grape juice and whatnot." So certain. Uh, Foreign words like teetotaler and um, I just thought everyone knew teetotaler. What was it? What did they call it? Um, 
Total T. When alcohol was outlawed in the country, what was that? There? Prohibition. Prohibition. There we go. Wow. <laughs> Another term that people might not be <laughs> familiar with is... I we, that was a thing. Well, it's funny. This was years ago, but we were in New York State, and we were staying. We were traveling with a, a traveling group, and so we're staying in someone's house. So we end up staying at this stunning, remarkable, old, I mean house that was like this long it had like the top floor had 10 bedrooms like the hallway and just bedrooms so whether it was some kind of inn at some point this was now a couple that owned that is it cool it was very very cool but at one point we're in the evening and they said i want to show you something so behind this false bookcase was a stairwell down to the bat cave a bar so where they so this what during oh, like a wine cellar during prohibition oh that was the during prohibition they had this bar whatever yeah. they're gonna call it that was where they they kept the liquor and so on secret still out back <laughs> but it was like a an entertainment spot you'd like in other words it wasn't just okay this is storage this was the saloon this was the whatever in prohibition but it it was hidden in the house behind a that, false stair. It was very, very cool. That's very cool. <clears throat> so, anyway. I hope this is working out there. And it says our connection is unstable. Uh, we <laughs> might be unstable, but our connection should be good. It looks solid down there. Well, we always have the audio, Bruce. So, That's whether right. whether got, your video comes through or not. We've got the all day. I can't get the seating just right today. It's, it's a whole different thing. So, what are we talking about today on the unscripted version of The Inglorious Pastorids, Season 12, Episode 4? Well, I don't know, but I, it was, I did want to ask if you had seen that Tom Brady retired. Did not. <laughs> yes. Tom Brady retired. He did. But he's, he's done that before. He has done it. Now, he's assured us <laughs> that this time it's for sure. No way he's changing on it. He also said in the pot that he wouldn't change a thing. He doesn't regret, but he... <clears throat> playing not as well the last year. Um, and but his marriage ending in the last that, year. That's There's, the saddest thing yeah. about that whole thing, you know, because when, when he came to the Buccaneers <clears throat> at 45, he wins a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it's really, it's almost, it's almost unthinkable. Right. I mean, because you had, you had players that would, that would play into their 40s. You remember Dan Fouts? Oh, you know, some of the old quarterbacks, but they weren't winning Super Bowls. Well, Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Another Dan. Um, so it's just it's just wild Don't that he named did that. Dan and play football. But, you know, this Brett Favre, you know, you, you get to a certain age, you can still play. Right. But obviously, as you and I know, at 59 and 61, 61 yep. we, our body can't do everything that it did in the 20s and 30s. Now, it's still remarkable uh, what crazy. Tom did the last year. I mean, even his, oh, even yeah, his numbers right. aren't awful. And no, they were more like Russell Wilson's. <laughs> well, and but he didn't have an offensive line, and he anyway. So, so what he was able to do it was literally just the center and Tom Brady. <laughs> there was no offensive line at all. Basically, okay. gosh, that well, bless his heart. This is why Tough year. his release got even faster than it normally is. He was releasing the ball within 0.5 seconds. But 
crazy eBay story. Snap throw. <laughs> I have to. So, Tom Brady announces his retirement. So he's got his phone. He's on a beach in Tampa. Okay. Okay. So it's Tampa Bay area. He's on the beach. So you can see certain things in the background. You can see basically where he has people that know the area would know okay where that he is anyway. So he announces his. So it's just kind of a, a simple, not a lot of fanfare. Yeah. Literally, he posts this video. He announces his retirement from this beach in Tampa. And says, Giselle, give me another shot. <laughs> Whatever. And so within a day, someone had posted on eBay a jar of sand. Um, and then they were... From where Tom made his <laughs> oh, retirement. And this is sand from the beach where Tom Brady made his retirement announcement. They scooped it out of their sandbox <laughs> where their kids play. And so there's photos, I think, around this spot and this sand, this jar of sand. The last I saw, the bidding was up to $90,000. You're, you're kidding. For a jar of sand. Tom Brady sand. Tom, Tom Brady, Brady touched that, this We don't sand. know that he actually touched that sand. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of sand out there. So what... I don't know what all that says. We could we, we could so deep dive <laughs> into the, into the into meaning the of that. cultural craziness. How of, it may speak to... <laughs> of celebrityism where the sand... <laughs> That you <laughs> sat on to make a video. It wasn't sitting. Everything was yeah. Announcing <laughs> your third retirement <laughs> becomes which may not even stick. <laughs> right, becomes ninety thousand. That's just hilarious. But kudos to whoever thought of scooping up the sand. No, right the creativity is off the chart. But what it also says, even about the good news is, I would never think of that. We're I'm just not that mercenary. We have so much money. Well, in our yeah, country, right. that's, that's the other piece is we're we're finding ways to spend it. Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're just and what part of that again again just gets a little we're a good thing. Enjoy everything God's richly given us to yeah. enjoy. Becomes an obsessive thing. Becomes a um, almost inane where we just kind of we could look at the inanity inanity. <laughs> Of the sand, but we could also look at the inanity of spending ninety thousand dollars on a celebrity, and just where, where, yeah. what's gotten sideways? And I don't know what all, what you know, what all the lines are, but just how crazy. Well, and I'm trying to think of things that you know that I buy. So in perspective, so we went to Windrock. <clears throat> for the you know the, the four wheel drive park, and I wanted mm -hmm. to bring a souvenir home, you know. So I bought. The clearance T-shirt, okay, okay, for nine dollars and eleven cents. Marlena would be so she cried about that, didn't she? Probably she probably did. Yeah, that's beautiful. But I but love it. I couldn't I couldn't spring for the normal T-shirts because they were like like thirty five dollars. What? I'm, I'm like I I just can't I can't bring myself to do it. Now I could spend here's here's how value works. If the Broncos win another Super Bowl, I could spend thirty five dollars on a Super Bowl jersey <laughs> with Russell Wilson's number. Because we've got Sean Payton at the Broncos now, and he is going to bring some discipline to that program. You probably read about all that. 
Well, <laughs> I have read some. Yes. Like uh, Russell's uh, personal coach will not be, <laughs> be on in site. the building. <laughs> that's not going to happen anymore. Well, and I think that's. I, as I'm li- as listening to that, I'm like, I, it, that feels smart because you don't want to isolate, you don't want to make the quarterback elite and under a different set of rules than the rest of the team. Can you imagine if all the team members had their own personal coach in the, I just think, but I think Sean, I mean, he's, he's won a Super Bowl, so that's a good sign as a coach. Uh, no, Tom, and Bill I, Belichick did the same thing for Tom Brady, actually. His quarterback coach, same head. Okay. Okay, you're this special coach he had, yeah. Right, and I've also thought, it was interesting. I don't even know if you remember this, but but Sean Payton realistically had a second Super Bowl, except for in my mind the worst non-call for pass interference. Yep. But it was actually pass mauling, which yes. is why, which is probably why they didn't call it because they didn't have a specific call for mauling. Right. Because that receiver was mauled he before was, the think, ball ever got near him. Aside from. <laughs> You could have unnecessary roughness. You could have oh, targeting. so many things you, you could, could do on that. Aside from just the pass interference. Making a non-football move. <laughs> I mean, this is not WWF. But, right. I, but that potentially could have cost Sean Payton a second Super Bowl. And I, it's so Good funny. Point. Yeah. There's certain things that I remember. Because I don't remember a lot of playoff games. But there's certain ones I remember. I remember that one. I'm not even a Saints fan. But I'm like, well, bless their hearts. <laughs> No, if that there is, ever you think about a phrase of being robbed in a in a game, yes, that's one of those ones that comes to mind. That was definitely a, a robbery thing. So, my hope is that Sean brings the glory back to the Broncos because goodness knows we got a defense, you know. And if we can keep that going, and if we can get Russell to get just I don't know, twenty one points a game. I mean, seventeen was the number we needed. I looked at the statistics at the end of the year. I was like, we averaged sixteen point nine. Remember, I told you at the beginning of the year, all we need to do is score 17. Right. We didn't. And that was with two games at the end of the year where we actually scored 28 points. Right. Yeah. Tough year in Bronco land. After we thought it was going to be a great year. Well, once again, the AFC is going to be ridiculously tough next year. I mean, we said that last year, and generally it held true. Your division, you guys didn't support as much as you should have. How, how good your division could have been. But your division is very, 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 very tough. But that whole division... Well, you do have Kansas City going to the Super Bowl this weekend. So right. that's, kind of a, that's kind of a thing. Which is extraordinary. No. How many times he's done that? Of course, I can't help but feel bad for the Buffalo Bills again. Because I've got some good friends that are Bills fans. Sorry, Cindy. Uh, but... No, the, Chief, the Chiefs are the new dynasty. I mean, just getting there. Oh, yeah. Right. And obviously they've won one, but the four, what, four of the last five years, three of the last four, yeah. something Super Bowls. So they are the, which pains me to say as a Patriots fan, but you've got to just acknowledge that's, they're the, that's a big, that's a Patriots won in 2018. Uh, they've had a couple of playoffs since then, but they've just, they're not. Also read that Aaron Rodgers was going to go to a small dark room and meditate and make a decision. A darkness about, retreat. A darkness retreat. That's what it was, a darkness retreat. He's going to develop something in the dark. A decision about, do I play again going forward? Or who do I play for going forward? It's kind of funny, you know, um, we can kind of chuckle about that. By the way, are the Jets in your division? Yes. Because they're talking about a great place for him would be the Jets. Right. Oh, that'd be interesting. No, there's more and more big-name players have been going to the AFC lately, so it's why the AFC has just gotten super... 
challenging. It's it's the the feel is that yeah, you got a couple of teams that could win it in the NFC side, but on the AFC side, there's a number of teams even going into next year that be interesting to see. Like yeah, which brings to mind the words of Christ <laughs> that I was reading this morning. <laughs> Did you like that segue? <laughs> That was uh, what we call an abrupt segue. That's what you call shoehorn. <laughs> Crow, crowbar. We're shoehorn this one right We're going to crowbar the words of Jesus so, into the NFL. I think I've told you I've been stuck in John 17 for a while now. And I can't seem to... I want. I it's, it's, it's one of those things that I don't want to leave it until I understand it. You know? And I just so I keep oh, no. reading it. And You're I keep, never going to leave John 17. <laughs> I keep reading it. It's so rich. You know, cause it Jesus, is rich. Prays for himself, and then he prays for the apostles that will go forth with the message and, and who received his message, and, and they're mm-hmm. one with the Father, and the Father loves them just the same way that he loves Jesus. And, and he, he says, you know, I brought glory to you by completing the work that you gave me to do, which is, that's a whole thing that will preach. And then he says, they're also going to bring me glory as they do the Father's work. And then he prays, he said, I pray not only for them. Mm-hmm. I pray for those who will believe from their message, which is which is us. And then two different times in the prayer. So if you ever wondered, can you repeat something when you're praying to God? Yes. Yes, you can. Because twice in that prayer to the Father, for us, Jesus prays that, that we would be one, that we would have complete unity. And he says it two different times, so that the world will know that you have sent me. So that the world will know that you have sent me. Roger, that's got to be important. Right. What does it mean? Now, I'm throwing this out to Roger because he's the <laughs> resident theologian. Frame the question again. Then I, well, I, what does what? it mean when, it, when he says, the world will know that you sent me when they, when they have complete unity, when they have oneness? Well, um, oh, you're about to tell me it's the wrong question, aren't you? I know, <laughs> I know how Roger does this. This is, this is Roger. Well, Bruce, I'm not sure that's the right question. Well, what I do love is one of the most powerful expressions of the reality of God is that people can change. And one of the most pronounced, perhaps the most pronounced change that can happen, when you look at racism and ethnic strife, when you look at the whole, the, all the pages of the Bible are filled with that, divisions around race, yep. divisions around everything. In Jew other words, and Gentile. Jew and Gentile, yep. but, but uh, rich, poor, men, women, yep. young, old, slave, slave free. free. Yep. You've got all of these dividers. And if you look at even anyone, I, th- I think a lot of people, if you were asking, saying, what's wrong with the world? Still, there's some level of, we can't get along. And it's along almost every imaginable kind of line, political lines now, and just there's almost every imaginable. But you think about a gospel that can bring people together across every line that historically, pervasively, powerfully has broken down, has created wars, um, animosity, hate. And wasn't the, the Di- disunity the the group of disciples earlier not just the twelve now the twelve were the fascinating case okay Simon the Zealot 
and uh, the, the tax collector, but you've got women, you've got uh, these followers of Jesus, and you've got Jesus insisting on going to the Samaritans, insisting on healing and praising Gentiles. You uh, have uh, going into the Decapolis, uh, healing the Syrophoenician woman. Um, yes. Going into spaces outside of normal Jewish culture, Jewish norms. So when I look at that phrase, I wonder what resonates with my spirit is, is people are going to know God showed up. God shows up the way of Jesus. Because even you think about now where religion divides people separates yep. people right where where religion is we can't be with you kind of people we can't but you talk about jesus who says this is how people are going to know is love for each other unity that you would actually that i will bring together and so do we see that it will a church a church that is full of the rich and the poor it's full of people across, even the earliest church, the Acts church, you start seeing it's ecclesicity, whatever. It's, right. it, is, it is diverse. It is ethnically diverse. It is uh, uh, financially diverse. I mean, every... In terms of gender, there's diversity. And all there's... the things that divide. Right. So I wonder if that isn't some well, core part of that. It, and it brings two things to mind. First, one of my favorite passages, actually one of my favorite letters is of Paul's is Galatians. Because in Galatians, he talks about you are all one in Christ. And he's, he says something that we don't realize how staggering it is. He says, therefore, there is no longer Jew or Gentile. Right. There is no longer male or female. I mean, that alone could get you strung up. <laughs> there is no longer slave or free. You are all one in Christ. And, and that, uh, the, the second thing it brings to mind is, is when, when do we experience typically unity as, as believers? And I realize it's in crisis. It's in, okay, when I think about what just took place in Syria and Turkey, Turkey where yeah. the crazy, you know, I told Marlene, I wonder if the, the, the death toll won't exceed 50,000. I mean, oh, right. It's, I, when you just see the devastation. The, it, pi the pictures are just I, it's hard to look at. It just. It, but my guess is you have all hands on deck, everybody working together to get people out, rescuing people. And no one's asking the question, politically, what do you believe? Uh, ethnically, who are you? Uh, oh, people from all over coming. So France, Italy are sending in, have been yep. sending in rescue. In other words, so now we've got... So People nationalism that, is, is that off the board. That might be enemies politically. Yes, right. That might, yeah, th that literally we're coming in. Yes. And and so even even in, in Acts 2 and beyond, the, the persecution of the church led to more of this oneness so that the world would know that that Jesus was sent by the Father. And I'm like, that maybe that's even, this is, you know, I haven't thought through this enough, but maybe that's even one reason that trial and suffering and difficulty are, it's, I don't know the right word, important because it, it, it creates yeah. space. Crisis creates space for us to come together and to set aside all the petty differences and say, you know, it's like when you, it's like I remember the 2011 tornadoes came through here. You had churches, and when I say churches, I mean 
interfaith. Not no one's worried about what faith or, or if you're atheist or agnostic or hey, we're all just working together to to get to people, to provide shelter, to bring water, to cut down trees, chainsaws, and, and it was a beautiful. Everybody just everybody in that moment becomes yeah. one. We have this common mission. We're going to try to rescue and rebuild and and all of that. What? But it also and I, yeah. It, well, just the importance of it's why divisions within Christianity are so not good. Right. Because if I look at the other side of Jesus' statement, when there is division, when there is otherness instead of oneness, when there's those people instead of we people, it it makes it makes an unbelieving world go, hmm. Just like every other religion. Right. You know. And the sobering word is if I think that's a signal. I think it's a warning sign. I think it's a dash light, warning light that comes on. Um, something is wrong with the engine. A check. Yeah. In other words, this is one of those places where you can actually start to ask, okay, are we staying in the faith? Because if it's true that the way of Jesus unites and... Um, not saying there aren't disagreements, but if we start getting these, right. these where the attacking and the name calling and we're assigning everybody else as wrong and where they're going. And, and in other words, when we get to this posture, it could be that could be this signal. Wait, you're getting away from the way of Jesus with your you may be saying some true things, but look at your attitude, your heart, your your judgmentalism, right. your harshness, your you're dividing just all the places. Now, it, it takes less and less. For people, because separatism has been something we've experienced in the church from the earliest days we've been part of right, the right, way of Jesus. Yes. But it seems to be that the spirit of separatism is increased. That whereas one time it used to be a core, core doctrine Jesus is God or not. Okay, now that's sort of divided. But now you talk, you talk about adding to that list of dividing lines or these, all these things, it that list. Is growing and growing, yeah. and I wonder if the spirit is warning, warning. Now you're turning every single issue that you think you're right on, but could be wrong on, even if you're right, you're turning that into an issue. Oh, I've got to isolate. I can't be around. And, and, and this is and this is nothing new. And nothing right. new. When I think yep. of okay, so when I look at, at Jesus coming into the first century Jewish world in particular. So you've got Zealots, you've got Sadducees, you've got Pharisees, you've got Essenes. These are kind of four primary denominations. But what was interesting is each of them were exclusive. And in fact, mm. they were seeking to keep it exclusive. In fact, they would make it very hard for you to become this. Jesus would say, you guys will move heaven and earth to the Pharisees to, to make a convert, and then you turn them into to twice the son of hell Ooh. that you are. In other words... And, and this is something that I've talked oh, to you about, and I've been, I've been thinking more about, but I believe that Jesus was the most inclusive person on the planet. Jesus, in Mark Sandberg's words from a month ago when we met for Aunt Jesse's mm -hmm. funeral, said, Jesus was always trying to find a way to get people in, you know, not keep people out. And, and religion and, and maybe the spirit of religion and the spirit of division and all that is always trying to, at some level, exclude <laughs> So, so the video portion has officially ended. 
We and don't know why. We're finished. <laughs> but you audio people out there in audio land, yes. bless your hearts, you're still getting the bastards. <laughs> even though our video stream, it says our video stream finished. finished. When did you ask it to finish? I, I didn't. And what's funny is we have full signal. So I don't even understand the whole, that was in unstable. 10 to 1, we didn't have sound anyway. <laughs> That's true. So I'm, I'm hoping Audacity is working today. Well, but I just realized that even, the even... Odd <laughs> the audacity but when i when i think of the words of christ you know i am the way truth and life no one comes to the father except through me i can interpret that as the most exclusive statement in the scripture or, or the most inclusive statement everybody is able to have relationship with father through christ so i choose to interpret that as the most inclusive statement i mean everybody jesus as you said in your video this morning which was really good by the way if you haven't listened to Roger's Facebook one this morning, it was very good on, <laughs> on what happens to people that have never heard the name of Jesus or have never heard about Jesus. Very good. But through Christ and through the work of Christ, everybody can be a part of God's kingdom. And I just, I just love that because I think in the world we grew up in, it was much more of an exclusive statement and it became more and more exclusive. If you understand Jesus as the way, the way we understand Jesus as the way, then you're in. But I mean, I remember even Roger, you know, because we were independent Baptists, but I remember even thinking, well, those Southern Baptists, probably not on the way. No, they're, they're, we leaned on the side of exclusion. We leaned yeah. on the side. There was a very, trying to figure out who's in and who's not. And, and we had some pretty strong ideas. I mean, you know, like, like, you know, you know, growing up, um, Catholics probably there that's just yeah. because they believe some wrong stuff as if we didn't believe any wrong stuff uh charismatics quite they're very emotional yeah. but you see they're not as much about the word and the and meat and whatever so they're you know they're kind of every wind of doctor they they kind of so they're kind of flighty and maybe a couple of them slip in but in other words we were more likely it seemed to be very, very important that we were going to highlight the people who are who are not in, who are not. Right. And the most sobering thing about that are the words of Jesus to a group of people, the Pharisees and the the religious yeah. leaders, who are doing the exact same thing. They rather than looking at all the ways we can help people get in, and but we're trying to identify we're going to use all this data the data of the bible and scriptures is for us to specifically identify the people who are not out and typically the people who are not in are people who don't believe this the exact same way we believe right again this isn't saying that what we believe has no impact but we were so honed in on and there was particularly an exercise around these folks probably aren't in these people aren't in these and, and, and there should be a word of caution. Just be yes. very careful because some of the <laughs> some of the people you're saying aren't in are in, and some of you who are saying these people are out, you ain't in. I, I'm just and, and here's that. And, and, you but, should give us pause. G, Jesus gave us that sobering word. He actually said these words to the to the religious leaders of his day. He said, there will be people at the feast in the kingdom of heaven from the north, south, east, and west. All four corners of the earth. Unified by the gospel. Unified by the gospel. That will be seated at the table in the kingdom while you, the subjects of the kingdom, are left out. In other words, mm -hmm. the kingdom was first presented to the Jews through the Jews. Even, even talking to the Samaritan woman said, salvation comes through the Jews. 
you know, and I am salvation right here, right now, speaking to you. But yeah, it's a very sobering word. That that word, that word about not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, was going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. Uh, even even based on the things, it's a whole nother discussion. Yes. That a person could cast out demons and heal people in the name of Christ, and yet not be known by Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, gosh, that is almost like you're, yeah, you're you're. Um, well, ultimately, th- th- there is just the whole question of where your heart is. Yeah. I think the caution, um, even as we get, I know, closer to the end of our time here, but, but where I don't think we ask enough, this is what concerns me about, we were so fixed up, and, and in the church we can be so fixed on, on where everybody else is wrong. I don't know that we, for... Having read the words of the Bible, judgment begins with the house of God. Having read the words of Jesus, who says to religious people, yeah. you think you're in, but you're not. I don't know that we ask enough. It seems to me, well, doesn't the, the Apostle Paul test yourself? You see, what you need yeah. to, we need to be more looking at, am I living out the way of the kingdom? Am, yes. Without, before, quick, I, before assuming I'm an expert... On the people who aren't in, I need to be talking to God. Is my heart where it ought to be? Am I? I, I don't want to simply assume. Am I? Could I be Christ? wrong? Am I? Am I wrong about something significant? Because that's one of the things I think that was. We didn't believe we could be wrong on anything of substance. But Roger, part of that, and here's and this is why I want to give some grace there. Part of the reason we didn't want to be wrong about anything is we felt like if we were wrong about anything, we were out. Mm-hmm. So think about that. There was this fear of, well, if I believe right. the wrong thing, I'm out. Because we had set that bar. Because we had set a bar. We had so set that bar. So it's like, I don't want to compromise or believe the wrong You've thing. You've got to be right on almost everything to be in. To be in. And I'm like... And so then, well, I'm sure I'm in, so I can't be wrong on anything big. So how many times did you rededicate your life to Christ? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was that thing of, oh, I believe this wrong thing, or maybe I'm not... It, maybe I, it was like, it was a, a person I was talking to this week that was like, I'm not sure I completely surrendered. Did I really surrender? And I'm like, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not sure that any human being ever completely surrenders. No. <laughs> we're, we're just control freaks. I said, so it's this daily thing where we have to surrender. It's that daily, yeah. your will be done, yep. that, that surrender. Because if I look at, if I, if I look at myself on any given day, I'm going, yeah, I'm out. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not a part of the kingdom. Not a good Clearly, day. Clearly, not a good day. <laughs> Other days, I see God at work through me, and I'm yep. like, oh, I'm just so glad to be a part of His kingdom and His work, and it's beautiful. And but I'm no longer I'm no longer playing the game in my mind, or in in my practice. Who's in and who's out? Yeah. I I so believe in the goodness of God, the justice of God, the love of God. He is the judge of both the living and the dead. You know what that does? That takes all the pressure off me. I don't have to figure that out. And I don't have to try to even discern. And all that's left for me. It's to just what Jesus said, which is, go proclaim me. Proclaim the kingdom. Yes. Proclaim the kingdom. Love. Um, call people. Um, but the biblical history of people trying to decide who's in it, who's that, that, that that's not even the calling. That that's not even the... that Now, it is. We want to help p- people get home. So we want to love on people. We want to move toward them. Yes. As opposed to isolate and withdraw and retreat. Uh, and judge and hurl grenades, move toward people uh, in even ways that are offensive to the religious community. This is the way of Jesus. Right. You move toward people, you announce Jesus, you love people, 
And it's the mercy and love of God that moves people to repentance, that God does this work in people. that Because you've got the Holy Spirit who's already working on them. We, we come because we trust God. Right. Such a great word this morning that you shared, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is always at work in the world. Jesus said that. <laughs> He's going to be convicting the world of right. sin and righteousness and judgment. And it's, it's not like God's... Right. It's not like the Spirit's not working in India. The Spirit's right. not working in China. The, the, the Spirit's not working in North Korea. The Spirit's not working in the United States. The Spirit is at work throughout the entire right. world, according to Jesus. Announcing, convicting, uh, correcting, instructing. And, and, so, and so I think our role is this. We just have a great role. We get to announce good news. Right. Jesus came announcing good news. And I mean, we've talked about it before. He right. said, now repent and believe the good news. And I'm right. like, why, do we, why would we have to re think that because even in their world there was in and out there was you have to be this and no one's good enough and you, you maybe if you're a pharisee of pharisees then you're good enough to but we All i right. can never achieve that and jesus just says believe the good news that god's kingdom is here that god is for you that god loves you that god wants to be an intimate relationship with you for eternity yeah man that's a great that's a great job yeah you're right because it doesn't all fall on us we're the whole no this whole beauty of creation and God makes in the first place is he called us into a partnership. He called us into a community. He called us to love with him. So this is what, you know, God loves people dearly. He calls us to join in. So part of that love is we announce Jesus. We announce what he's done for us. We, we, we bless people. We forgive people. We're generous with people. Uh, we embrace people. We love So maybe that's the ditty. <laughs> Love as Jesus has loved us. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It's a new command that uh, Jesus gave us. So we're going to finish there. That's good. All right. I, well, I'm, that's my part. <laughs> good luck. We're all counting on you. We finished at 35 on mine.